Roz Kalb, and I'm a clinical psychologist with cancer sclerosis, and I'm here today with my really good friends, Ann and Karen, who um, are going to talk with me today about what it's like to live in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis as a couple. And I want to start by asking them to introduce themselves, just so you know who's who here. So, Ann, can you start? Yes. Uh, Ann Borsolino. Um, I'm the one living with MS, and I, I've, I've been living with it for about 23 years. I'm a retired high school social studies teacher, as well as the president for nine years of uh, about 500 teachers. Oh, wonderful. And I'm Karen Peterson, um, Ann's partner of 31 years. Um, I'm a presently a high school uh, athletic director with no athletics to direct because of the COVID-19 crisis. There you go. She doesn't have anything to do, though. She's very busy. <laughs> okay, so, Anne, um, living outside New York City, you are very close to a COVID hotspot, one of many COVID hotspots now. But um, I'd like to ask each of you, what has been the most challenging aspect of this crisis for you? And again, we'll start with you, Anne. What's been most difficult or challenging? Well, I think the most difficult thing for me is that I've been in this house for three weeks. And if anyone met me or knew me, um, I don't sit down for very long. I'm on the go always. Um, I miss playing golf with my newly found golf friends who are also retired teachers or nurses. And we, we formed this wonderful circle of friends. And I was so looking forward to playing. I was even doing virtual golf in the winter. So I was like, I was raring to go. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have to stay home. So that's, you know, it's very stressful to have that happen. And I'm very disappointed. <clears throat> I, I read a lot of books now. Um, I do a lot of virtual stuff. I, I, you know, cause with iPhones, you can, uh, have FaceTime with people and then that's been a lot of fun. So being inside, being confined and restricted has been the hardest for you. Oh, I, I hate it. I hate the fact I can't go shopping. That was my life. I mean, I look at the circulars and to see where the deals are and I hit all the different stores for the right deal. And now I can't do that anymore. And, and it really drives me crazy because if you do things online with this Instacart and stuff, you know, you can't look for the deals. Now you're paying through the nose and, it, and it really it's going, it's like a knife through my heart. What can I tell you? <laughs> well, we don't want any knives to your heart. No, so. no, no, we don't. But I am very disappointed. I mean, it's, you know, it's a way of life is very different right now. I'm taking away from that that you are not going out of the house or to the grocery store. So I have a sense of, Karen, what your answer is going to be. Um, what's most challenging for you living in a hotspot and dealing with all of this? Well, one might say staying home with Anne, but... Um, since we're stuck together in the house, I'm not going to say that. Let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> she's no gem either, so, you know, whatever. So, I, you know, I think it's um, it, it sort of um, has evolved over the last two to three weeks. So, you know, when it first started, it seemed like something maybe we'd get over and it wouldn't, you know, last this long or whatever. But, you know, I think reality has set in. Um, it's it's difficult being home when you're supposed to be at work and then trying to figure out how to work from home. And that's not typically what you do. So that's been a challenge finding our space to do things on our own in the confines of the house is a challenge. Um, 
I think, you know, trying to stay active and get some exercise in is a, is a challenge and anxiety and worrying about things is a challenge. You know, we worry about Ann with MS. We worry about, I have other, um, my siblings compromised, you know, health wise and just worried about our friends and our family. So as a couple, how, and I'm going to start with Karen first on this one, but how have you made decisions about how to protect yourselves and each other during this? Um, well, we, we weren't sure how this virus might affect Anne and if she was more at risk. So we made the decision a few weeks ago that um, I sent I, her out. I'd be the one that would go out. Um, but, you know, you, the more you read, the more you hear, you're worried about bringing something home. Um, so we've pretty much made the decision to not go out, only shop when we have to. We're trying these new delivery services that are challenging for people like us and low technological abilities. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's been the challenge. Well, every time she comes back from shopping, um, we make sure that she wipes everything that comes into the, out in the garage. She's wiping it all up, and then I bring it inside after she wipes it. And, and then, I don't want to get too graphic, but then you come in and you head right up to the shower because, you, you, you know, the clothes go in the washing machine, and she heads up to the shower. I also made a decision not to go back to work. I had to go in the other day just to grab some things, but wore gloves and masks and was in and out very quickly. And then, uh, you know, a lot of disinfecting when I came home. Yeah, so, and the shower and the clothes yeah. in, the, in the washing machine. I mean, that's what you have to do now. You have to really protect yourself. So it sounds like you've done a really good job of balancing, to the extent possible, your commitments at work, Karen, and your uh, trying to keep everybody in the household safe and good. And so you don't, it doesn't sound as though you've had a lot of disagreements about what the, what the priorities are. I can reassure you on one point, um, on our COVID tool chest, which is posted on the CanDo website, we've just posted another conversation like this with a nurse practitioner who talked about the fact that there's no evidence that a person living with MS is at greater risk um, for catching this. We're all kind of in this together. What we don't know yet um, is exactly what happens if a person with MS gets COVID, uh, but there is no evidence to date that they get a worse case or a milder case than anybody else. So I think some of those worries that you've been juggling um, you know, you might be able to, to tone down a little bit. Just you're probably equally at risk. Um, <laughs> so you're going well, out tomorrow. I, I, I'm, that's it. I'm out now. I'm out now. But that's, that, that's good to know. And I'm glad that you said that because that was one of our fears that uh, my immune system. But, you know, um, I will head out when one of these days. that I got enough food in this house right now to last at least a month. <laughs> I'm sure you do. So. <laughs> Like other couples, and you've alluded to this already uh, with with your usual humor, but I, I would like to talk about it just a little bit more. You're spending a lot more time together um, than you probably ever have before, except on vacation. And I, and what's that like for each of you? Because we're we're also trying to help people figure out 
how to deal with the fact of so much togetherness in whatever size space uh, people have. So what has it felt like for you to be together so much? And what have you done to keep your wonderful senses of humor um, as you try to navigate this? I'm going to go first because, yeah, (laughs) because, you know, Karen, um, even though she's working from home, she goes beyond the call of duty. And um, that also brings a lot of stress to her. So what I tried to do is stay out of her way and like not to bother her when the door in the office is closed. I leave it alone unless I hear like there's no sounds. And I had to ask her a question. I say, hey, Karen, can I ask you a question? I mean, just try to stay out of her way because it does get stressful and she gets a little wired up about it. And, mm-hmm. and then when we do have words or a little argument, um, the weather's not cooperating here in New York, but like she'll go for a walk and she'll say, do you want to come with me? And I'm like, no, I think that's something you should do by yourself. Um, and she does, and she goes out for walks by herself or she gets in her car. I remember one day that we had had a little and you got in the, she just got in the car and she just drove, she came home and everything was great. Cause you need to separate yourself. I think sometimes it's not vacation. This is so not vacation. Um, you really have to, you know, define the lines and, and if you cross them, let the other person go and be by themselves for a little while. You can't be together all the time. Karen? So I bought $120 worth of organic soil the other day online, waiting for that to be delivered to my garage. Um, So we're, you know, the, like Ann mentioned, the weather here has not been cooperating. I tend to want to spend more time outside than in, and we just haven't been able to do that. So I'm hoping when the weather breaks, that's going to be helpful. I know when we speak with our friends in Florida, it's, they have it, a little easier because they can be outside. You know, yesterday they were sitting on their porch in the evening, you know, out in the sun. So we're longing for those days when we can be outside in our backyard and still be alone, but create a little bit more distance. But, you know, it's um, trying to, my, my new thing this week was trying to focus on the positives that have come out of this. So, you know, having more time together has allowed us to do some things that we typically don't do. It's just trying to figure out how to make that time a positive time. You know, not sitting in front of the TV and watching the news for three hours, but doing something, you know, that we typically don't get to do. Mm-hmm. So that's that's our new goal this week. Yeah. So I haven't that. shared that with Ann yet, but that's our new goal this <laughs> no, week. No, <laughs> I know. Terrific. So, so all of us living through this have a lot of feelings, and our feelings kind of, go up and down all over the place. I'm assuming that you have times of feeling frightened, angry, worried, sad. Um, Do you share those feelings with each other? Do you talk about the feelings that you're having in response to it all? It's it's funny when um, this first happened, and I went I had I went bought, gave a book to my cousin, and um, who I'm very close to. She's more like a sister, and we we share books. And I went over to her house, and I left the book on on the porch, and she opened up her window, and I saw her, and I started crying. I mean, this was like right in the very beginning when all this happened, and I was like, I couldn't believe how emotional I got, and. 
and so did she. And then I got in the car and I just, and I told her I loved her and I, and I left. And then I don't know if it was the same day or the following day, my godchild and her and my cousin or her sister came over and I'm in the driveway and I'm all teary eyed again. And I haven't done that since. Like I'm okay now with that. But the first time that I couldn't like give him a kiss or, you know, hug him, it was tough. It was tough. So now I give everybody virtual hugs. That's what I do. <laughs> and when you were feeling that sadness, is that something that you and Karen talked about or do you kind of keep it? Oh, no, I I, I, no, no, no. I very rarely keep anything inside. Nothing. Yeah, I, I came home and I told her how terrible I felt. And, you know, there's a lot of milestones that were coming this year. Um, my godchild was graduating from high school. She was going to play softball this year because she, she, you know, she played soccer, she played basketball, and she didn't play softball. But she said, you know what, I am because I want you, Annie, to come and see me play. And now that does is not happening. I'm like, that, that, that. It hurt me so much. And then she has graduation. She lost her prom. You know, so that, it makes me sad. And I definitely tell Karen about it. So sadness has been the biggest feeling for you. What, how about you, Karen? Um, probably more um, anxious about the future. And, you know, this, um, I'm supposed to be retiring at the end of August. So this is not sort of the way I had pictured you know, my last hurrah at work and um, I work with uh, high school kids mostly and it's been very difficult watching them go through this. So, um, but I, I have shared a lot of that with Anne, but you know, as she mentioned, sometimes I get short and I know it's probably because I keep a lot of that inside. But what I found that, because a lot of times I've tried to protect Anne um, from stuff, you know, and that started when she was first diagnosed with MS. I just used to keep a lot inside, but this, we've been sharing a lot of this and how we've been feeling, probably more than we've shared other stuff. Every time past. she comes out of that office, I ask her, so what happened today at yeah. work? <laughs> <laughs> and I, very rarely, you know, right. we, I would ever do that. So now I was like very interested to what's going on behind that door. So, so it sounds like something really positive could come out of this for the two of you. Um, if you've gotten a little more used to sharing feelings back and forth and talking more about what's going on with each of you, maybe that's something that will outlast uh, this epidemic. And, and maybe that's a very positive message for other people to look, as you said, Karen, looking for positives. And maybe maybe we're each experiencing some positives out of this that might stay with us. What do you think? I hope. Um, you know, I think I've seen it mostly with the teenagers that I work with and with Anne's relatives that that that, that population, that age group, isn't one that typically thinks about family and, you know, they just they kind of live their teenage lives. And I've seen a lot more reflection um, and, you know, kids playing board games with their parents and, uh, yeah, definitely. you know, like... <laughs> I, one kid say, you know, I, I don't, I think my parents still don't like me. They didn't like me before this. And so, <laughs> but um, I tried to encourage it. I think that her parents do like her, um, but it's, I'm hoping that there will be positives that come from this. I hope, you know, when we lived through 9-11, another New York experience, there were a lot of positives oh, yeah. that came out of it. Um, we kind of lost those positives over time. So I'm hoping that some of these lessons will stick with us as we try to emerge from this. 
Yeah, and I think it's important that people talk to someone. I mean, luckily, I, I have Karen, and she's in the house. And But if you're by yourself, I mean, you know, you, you need to reach out to a friend, you know, or a, a family member. You got to have somebody to bounce things off of. Otherwise, you know, you could go crazy. Anne's been doing a great job with that. So as a retired teacher, oh, she right. was given a list of retirees, and so she from all over the state and she's been reaching out to them. Yeah. Um, she called our, the woman that cat sits for our cats when we go away because she's by herself. Her husband passed away a bunch of years ago and just randomly called her today. Mm -hmm. um, we have a friend who recently lost her dad and Anne's been staying in touch with her every few days. So um, she's been, that's kind of been her hobby and um, yeah. It's a, it's a good one. Well, I got to talk to somebody, Roz. You know me. I can't sit for much. Well, and I think we feel better when we help other people, too. So I have one last question for you. Um, as a couple, you, I assume there, you have different tastes in um, uh, environmental stimuli. So one person <laughs> likes the TV on, one person likes the TV off. One person likes to watch news more. One person likes quiet music or silence. Um, today, where we're sort of overrun with information, um, how have you two balanced your needs? Are, are you similar in, in how much you want to hear or listen to, or are you very different? Oh, boy. Sorry. We're very different. Okay. I like the TV on. I think yeah. she, I like the TV she off. would prefer it off. <laughs> I do win though. The TV stays on. Um, uh, I, I watch the news. That's probably one of the good things about her still working and being behind that door because I get to the control of the television and I get to, you know, and I get to watch what I want to watch. Um, so yeah, you know, that, I guess that's. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't have my work, I would, probably be you know we're trying to find things on weekends to do that are you know clean a closet you know everything everybody's doing we're you know we're hoping at the end of this to be the most organized people in the world which mm. I don't think will happen but mm. um but that can be that's a real stressor and that you know it's it's become it can be exacerbated with this kind of situation oh, so yeah. that's why I'm looking forward to going outside because there's no TV out there and and the TV, I'm assuming right now, um, is more focused on news as opposed to just television. So it's, and you feel the need to keep up with the news and what's happening and hearing all of it. And Karen, you've just told us that you're feeling more anxious. So my guess is hearing the news over and over again is would be very anxiety provoking for you. Well, I, I just want to be clear. I don't watch it all day. I watch when I wake up in the morning and then I'm pretty much reading a book or making the calls to, you know, other union people and asking them how they're doing. Um, I watch certain other shows during the day and then I like to watch a certain person at four. And, and so I, it's not like I watch it all day long, but I have to tell you when Governor Cuomo comes on, I try to listen because I, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just, choose to disagree about how much time the TV is really on and how much news is on. But well, I hope that look, I, mean, I, I certainly like to get the updates, but I have to tell you the updates have been pretty much the same for the last week and pretty grim in this area. But I mean, I'm interested in what's going on in the world and here in New York, particularly. So 
we um, I pick and choose times when I'm focused on the TV. Well, I'm I'm hoping uh, that the weather gets better soon, so you can get to that gardening and and have your calm space and time when you need it. I really appreciate the two of you talking today about all of this, and um, I hope you both stay well and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Roz. I hope you Be stay safe. well. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Roz, Anne, and Karen for the engaging discussion. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of the Can Do MS podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsors, Biogen, Bristol-Myers Squibb, EMD Serono, Genentech, and Sanofi Genzyme for making this episode possible. Be sure to check out the other episodes in the Can Do MS podcast series. For additional information on living with MS during the coronavirus, please visit www.cando-ms.org slash coronavirus. Www